the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Compulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good evening, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from Recovery Radio Houston. We are excited to be in the studio tonight. Tony, how are you tonight? Good evening, Pastor. How are you? I am doing great, Tony. This show is all about hope. The hope that Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, specifically to those that are under the bondage of addiction, and also to their loved ones out there who, who may not have much hope right now. But we've got a show about hope tonight. We're excited to have Pastor Don Owens in the studio tonight. Pastor Don is a senior pastor at a church in San Leon. And uh, buckle your seatbelts, folks, because this testimony is going to blow you away. It is a wonderful, wonderful example of how a relationship with Jesus Christ can change any life because nothing is impossible for God. Pastor Don was doing uh, life on prison in the installment plan when uh, when using and dealing drugs went and all was lost, but then Jesus stepped in with open arms. And Amen. Now Pastor Don ministers, is obedient to God, and leads people to Jesus so he can transform lives. Hallelujah. So we can take your calls tonight at 1-800-808-5548. That is 1-800-808-5548. Call us if you want to jump into the interview, you want to talk to Pastor Don to ask him questions, or if you have questions about Jesus, maybe you don't have a relationship with him, or maybe you want to know how he can help help one of your loved ones. So uh, call us if you've lost hope for someone you love, or if you, you need some advice or counsel, or if it's for yourself. Uh, call us if you need prayer for addiction, for someone in prison, or for healing of any kind. Uh, you can also join us on Facebook Live on our Facebook page, Recovery Radio Houston. Again, the number to call is 1-800-808-5548. So let's open in prayer. Father God, we come to you tonight, and Father, we just come with uh, great humility in our hearts, Father. Yes. We are so thankful for everything that you have done. We are thankful for the transformation in our lives, Father, we're thankful for the miracles that we see that you are doing out there each and every single day. I thank God we are thankful that you are still in the miracle business. We just we just want you to open people's hearts out there. Open up their hearts to your love, Father God. Open them up to, to what you can do for them, Father God. Open them up to hope. Open them up to your message of peace, 
your gospel of peace. Father God, we just we just pray for protection tonight. We pray for protection from from the disease that's, that's sweeping through our land. And we, we pray for healing, Father God, because you are the ultimate physician. Uh, we, we pray for healing from anyone that's suffering from COVID-19, anyone that's suffering from heart disease, anyone that's suffering from cancer, anything out there. We just ask that you give us the faith to trust in you, Father God. Father, we pray for healing in our land. Your word says that a house divided cannot stand, and we need we need healing. We need to get past the spirit of division that has taken over. We pray for for anybody that's experienced racial injustice out there, but we also pray for the police officers who risk their lives for us each and every day. Father, bring us together. Father, you can heal anything, Father God, and we trust in you. Father, give us a have these words that we say tonight be your words and not ours. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get going. So, if you or someone you care about is suffering under the bondage of addiction, please join us on a on a journey of spiritual awakening. Let's welcome our guest, Pastor Don. How are you? Oh, I'm a blessed man. You really uh, are. You know, I, I had the the pleasure of speaking with you this afternoon, and I meant it when I said, "Buckle your seatbelts, folks," because 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 uh, we're fixing to. You know what we do, Pastor Don, is is we go through. Um, let's see, we got a call. Let's take a call because somebody needs prayer out there. Let's take this call real fast. We got Jimbo on line one. Jimbo, how are you tonight? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Well, We're doing I great. I want to pray for the prisoners out there who are and don't know Christ. Say that again. Who are? Okay, I want I want to pray. For the prisoners out there who are the prisoners, lost he said, the prisoners don't know. Christ. Yeah, okay, I didn't hear the second part, but let's let's pray for the people in prison. You know, Christ had a special place in His heart for, and He still does for people in prison. And, and He talked in His Word about prisoners, and and it's it's a wonderful place to find God. You're still and you're by yourself, and you've got an opportunity to read His Word and to to feel the transformation. You can re- literally feel it. So. We, Father God, we lift up everybody that's within our ears, everybody that's in prison. Father, we lift up all their family members that can hear us. We lift up all their loved ones, Father, and we just ask that you that you come into their lives and transform their hearts, Father God. You know, the the Bible tells us the the story of the prodigal son says that no matter where we've gone, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, that you are there, you are the God of grace and forgiveness. And all we have to do is accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, repent of our sins, accept you as our Lord and Savior, and everything will change. The the literal chains will come off. The bondage that you feel, the oppression that you felt all your life, you will feel a new sense of freedom. And, and we pray for you, and we pray that you accept Jesus tonight. Today is this day of salvation, and that you feel those chains come off of you literally and figuratively. And then we pray that when you come out, that you, you're a new creation in Christ. You will be a new creation in Christ the minute you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And we just pray that when you come out, he opens doors for you, because I know he will. He'll, he'll order your steps, and he'll be there before you are, and he'll open doors that no man can open. And we just thank you, Father God, for that, and we, we just ask that, that uh, you have open hearts, open to Jesus Christ, and life will change like you've never seen. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus amen. Name. Thank you for calling, Jimbo. We appreciate your call tonight. Thank you for joining us on Recovery okay. Radio Houston. God bless you, brother. Good night, Jim. So uh, we just ask you to join us at any point because we will pray for you. And uh, we just ask you to call us at 1-800-808-5548. So, Pastor Don, what we like to do is we like to 
give people a sense of who you are and, and the life that you lived before you came to Christ, okay. and then talk about the transformation. So tell us who you are. Where'd you grow up? Tell us a little well, bit about Well, I was, uh, I actually consider myself a Southerner. Uh, you can, I listen to myself on the radio and, and on Facebook sometimes, and I, I seem kind of country, but you wouldn't think it. I was actually born in Chicago, but I always tell everybody I was born in South Side of Chicago. There you go. <laughs> I, I lived in uh, uh, South Cal- uh, California, Southern California. Then I moved to uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi when I was 13 years old and then moved to Miss, uh, Florida afterwards. But uh, it's been a really, really crazy life. Uh, went through... Uh, many times of separation from my family. When I was five years old, I was separated. My mom had a nervous breakdown, and all his kids went into foster homes. They separated us all in different homes. So there was a, there was a, there was a fracture in my, uh, in my youth growing up. So it, it put a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of mistrust for authority in my heart from a very early stage. You know, we see that a lot in addiction. We see Absol- people, the, absolutely the, the beginning, the genesis, so to speak, of addiction starts early when. Children. I call it the flashpoint. The flashpoint. Yeah, That's good, Tony. Yeah. When, when when you're young and right. and things because we're so tenderhearted then, absolutely, and, and, and we're so relying on people. And when they people are always going to disappoint us, but we can't. We don't know how to handle it at five right. years old. You're right. separated from your mom. She had a, that's. That's tragic. So but anytime, anytime you, anytime you work with people with addiction, there's always a root causes. I mean, what you see usually by the time they're ready to deal with, to deal with their addictions and their fractures, all the scabs have already been formed, the scars have been there, the walls have been built up. But there's always a root cause when you trace it back to uh, usually to something that traumatically happened happened in their childhood, whether it's an abandonment issue, whether it's a, a molestation issue, whether it's a mistrust issue. There's all kinds of things that that really fracture people, and that you know that comes along with the fall. But I didn't I didn't even realize that then. Sure, you're too young to Not realize to, that absolutely. at that point. So at what age you're in recovery, right? You you've been no, I'm I'm recovered. You're recovered. Yes, sir. You? I'm a new creature in Christ uh, Jesus. Uh, well, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. All right. Well, uh, and but and you've been recovered for 15 yes, years. I, I actually got saved in 2005 in a little town called uh, Davenport House of God in Davenport, Florida. When I was 44 years old, I was strung out, and I probably weighed about 180 pounds. Uh, probably been up for quite a few days, and uh, everything else in my life had just been shattered. And uh, we got ahead of ourselves a little bit. So when did, did you, you when, when did you start with the well? Actually, the, the first well, my the first uh, alcohol I drank was before I left California. I kind of snuck into my mom's my mom's roommate's Boom Farm Strawberry Hill. Ooh, yeah, ooh. we kind of had a few snorts on that when we was little. And, you know, I just really got into the drinking and stuff once I left California, and, and we just staggered out into uh, Pasigula, Mississippi, and I kind of hanging out with the – it didn't really kind of fit in there, you know. I was just in a strange town, a strange land. Actually, I was in a strange environment, a strange culture. I, I come from California and moved right into the heart heart of the Deep South in, in Mississippi right during the time of all the racial rights when Roots came out. So and I was a new guy, talked funny, looked funny, and nobody, you know, when you're in a new place, you're always you're always the oddball. So I found well, out, uh, especially the only, going from California to Mississippi. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and so I found the other only other oddball that was there, and uh, he just happened to like alcohol. So we used to have to we'd sneak over the border and go to uh, Mobile, Alabama. To die, buy beer and gallon jugs, and well, the and first. How old are you at this point? At this time, I'm uh, just about fourteen years old. Well, that's a magic ding, ding, number. Ding, yeah, ding. That's the first time. That's that's the first time I actually got caught uh, drinking alcohol. So we we had skipped school and we we bought two gallons of beer. 
uh, in gallon milk jugs, and we we skipped school and we went out and hung out by a lake. And I remember drinking, and I don't remember going home, and I surely don't remember getting caught. But oh, I, but I remember mom coming down to the uh, to the police station and bailing my little butt out of jail, and she wasn't none too happy about that. Yeah, I can remember my first time my mom had to come get me too. That's yeah. not, that's not that's not a good time. So, yeah. and then uh, you told me something about uh, about when you really got in trouble, uh, you pulled a prank. And yeah, well, out to be you know that and, that addiction just we actually moved from there. We moved to Florida and uh, just got hanging out with the wrong people again. I had actually got hooked up with a, uh, a young young set of brothers in uh, Davenport, Florida, and. We got, and I, I remember after after we talked, the reason I went, the reason I went to Chicago to meet my dad when I was 15 years old, because I got I got in a mess with some some guys, and they actually accused us of uh, rape onto onto a girl, a girl we met, and it, what it turned out to be the young guy that I was with, he went back and he stuck a knife to the girl's throat and, and raped her, oh, and then he tragic. came back and caught us, and we we're walking down the road. Well, the police, you know, you're guilt by association, oh, so they took sure. all three of us to jail. Well, when it come time to go to court, I was the only one that went to court. The other two just never came, and I was left the one holding the bag, so they put me on probation. Well, my mom said, well, listen, I'm going to send him to his father, so she shipped me off to uh, Chicago to, to visit my dad for the first time. And uh, I met my dad at Greyhound Station, and uh, you know very, that, that happens a lot to kids that are that are experiencing these difficulties. You yeah. know, so what I've heard so far is your mom had a nervous breakdown at five. Yeah. You were in foster care. Yeah. Then you got back with your mom. You, yeah. About six years later. Unruly, yeah. out of control. I had a big chip on my shoulder. Send you to dad. Yeah. Bet that didn't help. What happened no. next? Well, see, my dad. My, I see. I thought my dad was the coolest thing is you know next to sliced bread because. The first thing he asked me when I got there, he asked me what I wanted to drink. He says, you, "He says you want a highball, you want a beer." Of course, at, at 15 years old, you know, you think that's that's it. But I just, I just, you know, I just, land, I just, I just landed it, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just hit the golden goose. So, uh, and he told me I could do all the drugs I wanted to as long as I did it in the house. And uh, I got to a mess up there. I ended up stealing his dump truck and got caught with a stolen vehicle. Uh, a couple weeks later, I got arrested for a uh, uh, possible murder suspect. Uh, I was at an acid party, and, and one of the guys there ended up uh, shooting a girl in the head. We, wow. they had, we, was, having a, we was having a squirt gun fight, and uh, he had a pistol, and we was all tripping on acid. And uh, he, uh, he, he pulled his gun out where everybody else had them little pistol squirt guns, and he shot the girl three times in the head. And he, he didn't know, he didn't realize he was doing it, but everybody split. Of course, I had left probably about five minutes earlier, and I, I lived across the street in another another apartment complex. So I went over there, get a pack of cigarettes, and I come back, and cops are all over the place. And I was like, "What happened?" He says, "Were you over here?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Come here for a minute." And they click, 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 put the put the clefts the on me. Chaos of drug addiction. Absolutely, it's just crazy. Yeah. It was just one chaotic adventure after another. So anyway, my dad came and bailed me out of jail. They figured out the, who did it. The guys. The guy that actually did it, they ended up arresting him. He got five years for involuntary manslaughter, and uh, they, my dad said, "That's enough." He said, "I'm shipping you back to your mom's." So I didn't, I didn't even make it to summer with my dad. How old were you at this point? I was fifteen. Wow, fifteen years old. And, wow, that's uh, a lot to experience yeah. by the age of. 15. So then I came back. I came back to Florida and uh, uh, moved into Kissimmee at that time, Kissimmee, Florida. Went to Osceola High School, and uh, and of course we, that was back during the Quaalude days. So we was. Uh, doing quaaludes and uh, smoking pot and drinking and uh, we figured we'd call 
called a little prank in to get some of our buddies out of school. So we called in a, uh, a false bomb threat, oh, trying Lord. to get our buddies. Because usually, back in, you know, they get a bomb threat. They send all the kids home. They come in with the dogs. So you just guys want to just hang out with your buddies. Oh, yeah. we just so No, we yeah. was across the street. We was across the street in my buddy's house from the school when I called it in. And I didn't, of course, at, at uh, 16 years old, you don't realize that they could, they could put a lock on that phone line and track you right to your house. And you had no spirituality in your life. No, at this I had point. no spirituality. But no. you know, well, that's not true. That's not true because back back before we left California, this is this is a God setup. You know, God God always starts. He, he always, plants seeds. He plants seeds. Yeah. My first my first foster home was with a lady named Miss Pearl, and uh, she taught me how to pray. And she was a sweet old lady. Her and her and her husband. And how old were you? And I was probably around six. You know, because my great grandmother, I had no spirituality growing up. But I spent a lot of time with my great grandmother when I was about five or six, right. and and she took me to church and taught me a little about yeah, Jesus yeah, and taught yeah. me how to pray. Yeah. That was the seed that was that planted, was seed. that that grew, you know, forty five, fifty years that old was later. Six. Yeah. So that so then the next foster home I went to, and it's funny, the, I, the, I was in three different foster homes, and the only ones I remember were the ones that were nice to me. I don't remember late because the second one I was in, they were very abusive. Uh, they beat me. They, they tell me, "Oh, you're only there for a paycheck." And you know, just kids being mean. Uh, most of the times, a lot, a lot of these foster foster parents, not all, but a lot of them are there. They are there for the paycheck, and you know, they don't treat the other kids like their kids. Sure. You know, at least that was my experience. But like I said, they're not all like that. So anyway, I was there for a short season, and ended up going to another another foster family called the Colers, and they taught. They took me to church, and actually, uh, actually took me to Sunday school, and I remember that very well. And they were actually ready to adopt me. And, uh, and but when my mom found out they wanted to adopt me, she said, "No, nah, put the brakes on that." So she she got her stuff together and started getting us back one at a time. But I was the first one to go back. So in that time of coming back, me being the first one, then my brothers, uh, my brothers and sisters came back, and then well, anyway, we ran into a, a Christian group because my mom, you know, my mom would send us at Easter and Christmas. She sent us to the church down the corner. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they always had a banquet, you know, and they, they're always going to give the kids something. So she'd send us down. She never took us to church. She always sent us. But anyway, there was a group in there wanted to take us to kids camp. So they, they took us to kids camp. Now I'm talking probably about 12 years old. And uh, that was my first experience with church that I remember, you yeah. know, that I mean, I really as far as being a part of it. So it was, let's go back to this bomb threat. What happened to you after the bomb threat? Oh, this is this is uh, this is before the bomb threat. No, I know that. But, but well, what, well, anyway, what happened after the bomb threat? I was we called it in. Like I said, I was right across the street from Osceola High School in Kissimmee, Florida, and I'm sitting there called the bomb threat in. I said, listen, they just built a brand new uh, cafeteria. So I said, listen, we're, we planned to bomb in your brand new cafeteria. We're going to blow it up. And unless you unless you just let all the kids out, well, all the kids went out into the yard and they just stayed there, and they brought the dogs and they start sweeping. That that's, that was according to our plan. Usually they send everybody home. And they got the rest of the day off. They've always done that before. But anyway, they they locked onto our line. They caught on to you. Oh, they caught on. They didn't caught on to us. They caught us. <laughs> well, how, so how, how they, long was it before the police car? It rolled wasn't up five minutes. Yeah, it was five so. minutes. We were sitting in the front room watching us, waiting for our buddies to come because we we were partying. We just got some quaaludes and some pot. We were ready to have a party, man. And because uh, we had skipped school, and next thing we know, we got two squad cars pulling up in the front yard. My buddy hightails it out the back and left me holding the bag. Now, folks, you got to realize out there that this is a man who now is the senior pastor at a church, <laughs> and, uh, and and that ministers has a has a, a faith based ministry that ministers to people that are addicted and to people that are coming out of prison. 
And and the point of all this is that there's you should never give up hope. Absolutely, that God can do anything once you let Him into your life. Right. And we're going we're going to hear about that in a little bit. So you ended up getting sent to reform school. Is that what? I got. I actually went to uh, first. They sent me to drug rehab, and I spent probably probably about four four or five weeks in a drug rehab, and then started smoking pot. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to be restricted anymore. So I just ran away from there. Well, I got tired and I got hungry. Ran and ran away. I had nowhere to go. Fifteen years old, you you can't work. You know, you can't go home. You know, so so you're left to your own devices. And you know, I wasn't a very good thief, so I couldn't steal steal very much. So we got tired and hungry, and I wanted to go to sleep. So I just turned myself in. And then, uh, well, when I turned myself in, they decided to do, do something a little different with me. And they sent me up to Arthur D. Arthur G. Dozier School for Boys in uh, Mariana, Florida. It's a youthful offenders prison. So that was your first stint in a That was my first stint of time. Facility. I actually got sentenced to six months for that and uh, ended up doing a year and a half because I had some bad behavior. I had some, uh, they said I had anger issues and some authority issues. Which those those are quite manifest. Absolutely. Hey, if you want to join us tonight, you can call us at 1-800-808-5548. If you've got questions about uh, Pastor Don and how God changed his life, because this, this is amazing, because, uh, you know, the, the addiction is, is, is chaos. Yes. And and we hear these kind of stories over and over again, although this is a pretty remarkable one. But we hear these stories over and over again, and then we see the incredible transformation that, that God does in somebody's life. And, and, and they end up turning around and being able to help. But because the three of us have, have walked this road, you know, the, s- the stories aren't all the same, but, but we've walked this road. And we know where people are at, and, and we know what, how we can minister to them. So, okay, so you spent, some, spent time in the in – the, in the youth offender deal, and right. uh, you got out after 18 months because, uh, lo and behold, they thought you had anger issues. Well, they let me out because they had to. At 18 years old, in a, uh, according to the Florida statutes, if, if, you're, if you're a juvenile offender, they have to let you go when you become an adult. That's done. You're so done. They, they had to let me go. So anyway, but before they let me go, I was actually going to a chapel one, one Sunday. Of course, there's not a whole lot to do in there except go to chapel and go to your elective uh, courses and go to class and chow and mess around. But anyway, I, I went to chapel one time, and they had an evangelist there on, in, in the yard that uh, that came in and was ministering to the, to the te- teenagers. And I'd say there were probably about 200 kids in the group. And the guy called me out. He picked me right out of the center because I, I wasn't sitting in front. He called me out about from the middle of it. He says, you come up here. He said, I got a word for you from the Lord. I said, what's that? He said, God's calling you to preach the gospel. <laughs> and I laughed. I, I just, I was like, really? I said, I said hey. you're out your mind. I said, I've got too much living to do. I'm not going to preach the gospel. You're crazy. And this is at 18 coming. No, this no, this was probably around, probably around 17. I'd been 17. there a while. 17. Yeah, I, I'd been there a while. So, Tony, let me ask you this. Uh, if somebody had told you 20 years ago, you're going to be on a recovery radio show and, and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. What would you have said? Twenty years ago, that's I was in my thirties then. Yeah, but what would you have said to him? Twenty years ago, yeah. I, I'd have left. Yeah, I'd have really left. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you know God can use anybody. It's it's amazing. Uh, there's uh, uh, we've got somebody. We've got a caller on Jim. Are they on? They're not. Okay. Um, it, it's amazing how God can transform lives, and and I, I'm really interested in getting into that part. But we got a ways to go still. So so uh, you got out of reform school. Yes, I and got what out. kind of lifestyle did you start? Well, I got out, and uh, you know, I just let 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 a life of just really crazy crazy addiction, just from one one addictive experience to the next. Uh, 
I uh, went to New Orleans, lived on the streets in New Orleans for a while, got into a lot of bad things out there, uh, selling a lot of dope out there, ended up getting stabbed. Went to California, lived on the streets out there. Uh, woke up, the sprinklers waking me up about 3 o'clock in the morning when the sprinklers go off the water to grass because I was sleeping in the hedges. Uh, actually, uh, seen my own seen my own funeral in uh, in the downtown of San Diego. I was tripping on acid, and... Uh, I seen I seen the angel of death chase me all through uh, San Diego. I seen my own funeral. Actually, it was looking across the street there, and I seen my mom, my brothers, and my sisters, and they were all standing around a coffin. And something inside me told me that's you in that coffin. Yeah. So I ended up. That's what drove me back from California back to Florida, and I came back, and that's when I quit. And I was I was really heavy heavy into needles back then. I was shooting methamphetamine probably two or three times a day. Uh-huh. I mean, really, and I and I'm talking probably in my early twenties. You know, and I came back. I came back to Florida. My mom, my mom cried when I came back because she picked me up from the Greyhound station. She cried. She just broke down and started crying. I said, "What's the matter, mom?" She says, "You look more like my brother than my son, because I look so old. The drugs had taken such a toll on me." You know, so it really broke my mom's heart. So I gave up needles then. So I figured, you know what? I'll just quit shooting. I'll just quit shooting dope, and I'll uh, I'll just go ahead and smoke pot. And I just really just tra- changed my addiction from one addiction to the other. I just changed my addiction from one addiction to the other. So I quit shooting uh, quit shooting uh, methamphetamine, started smoking pots, and then I started snorting meth and doing crack. And I was just in and out of jails all my life, you know? So you told me that a, that a sheriff told you something yeah, once. Well, what, what did he tell you? Well, it, well I, when I came back, I, I came back to Kissimmee, Florida, and lived with my mom, and uh, went, came back and lived with my mom again, and uh, lived with my brother after that but uh every time i go to jail there's this one sergeant in there his name was uh, sergeant borders he was actually a sergeant at that time he just started the job probably been there about four or five years well i watched him move all the way up the ranks all the way to captain he's captain over the whole jail system there in nosville county and he told me one day he says you know don he says i don't know what he says i don't know what's going to take to get through to you but you're doing life on the installment plan. There's something good in you because every time I see you, you break down and something happens in you. And, you know, every every time that I would almost get to that place where I'd get sent to prison, something would happen where I would just get blessed and God would just really God, was sparing God, me. God had a plan for you. We got a call on line one. Are we ready to take that or no? I'm not sure. We're kind of close to break. Why don't we, we give yeah. him a minute to work that out? Oh, yeah, we got to, Amanda, are you on, on the air with us? Yeah, let them work with the phone line. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we got some kind of technical difficulty. Well, Amanda, if you're out there, just call back. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll call back after the break, and, and we'll take your call. You can call at 1-800-808-5548, 1-800-808-5548. Hopefully we can get past these technical difficulties. So let's get uh, let's wrap up this, this, this segment. How old were you when you got sober? When I got sober, I was 44 years old. And what what got you sober? Well, what finally hit you? Well, see, I had uh, it was a, it was a combination of things. It w- it was a chain of events that happened. Uh, everything I I actually finally got got my act together, and I would become a functioning addict. You know, I wasn't just out messing things up. I actually became a pretty skilled carpenter. I actually, got to a place where I where I had a business, I had a framing crew, and and my addiction just blew all that out. So uh, all all that broke. I ended up having a motorcycle accident, broke my collarbone. And uh, I have a I have a daughter. Her name's Cassandra, and she was nine years old when this happened. And she was a daddy's girl. Every time daddy was there, she was in my lap. Wouldn't he, wouldn't even go out and play with the kids. She was just had to be around me. She hovered. But uh, my grandma had died that I was living with because of an accident that happened to me. I ended up breaking both my legs. 
she ended up breaking a hip. So we were kind of living with each other, trying to help each other out. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. It was a setup. You know, I just see God set this whole thing up. And uh, so anyway, I was taking care of Grandma. Grandma passed away. And then my Aunt Fran come down for the funeral. And she went back. I told you earlier that when she went back, she got the whole church praying for me. She said, there's something inside you that's, that's good. I see it. But I didn't see it myself. You know, yeah. I was so I was so deep in my addiction. But anyway, so then after that, my daughter came over to visit me, and she wouldn't even look at me. She just sat there across the room, wouldn't look at me, wouldn't come talk to me. And that's what broke me. Your nine-year-old daughter. It was a nine-year-old little girl that God used to break my heart. And then I said, and then you know what this crazy thing is, is they went and took a shower. And I'm in the house by myself, so what do I do? I'm out on the front porch using again, you know, so cooking up some meth. And it's like, man, when does the magic start? So I remember after they left, I, I remember getting down on my seat. Because, see, I, I'd gone to jail. And it seemed like every time I go to jail, I'd debate with God. God, get me out of this mess. I'll well, straighten up. He's, we're going to have to go to break. But he's always there waiting for us. He you know? is always he's there. Always there waiting I'll continue for us. when we get back. T- yeah, we'll, we'll continue here and, and on the other side. Tony, uh, tell us. Take us out, Tony. Well, i got to go retether my seatbelt because this is one heck of a testimony. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I've got to make sure I'm secured in for the second half. We hope you will, too. This is Recovery Radio Houston Live, back in three minutes.
you are not hidden there's never been a moment you were forgotten you are not hopeless Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston, live here in Houston, Texas, on a beautiful Saturday night. Amen. Hey, guys, I uh, just want to lead in real quick and remind you about our podcasts. Recovery Radio Houston podcast is a great thing to have, to travel with, to have on your phone, to listen whenever you want. You don't have to be live on the air with us. We have a pretty uh, extensive growing library of shows now. I think we're into our 20th show, I think. Right. We're getting close to it. Yeah. And uh, it's very easy to get. You go to any... Uh, any way your phone search engine gets you to podcast and just type in Recovery Radio Houston podcast. And the reason why they're so valuable is because they're free and they're also uh, listed in date order. So if you haven't listened to the show in a while or you're just starting to check us out, you can start from the very beginning and uh, join us in our journey of uh, spiritual awakening and recovery. It's a great uh, thing to have to pass time if you're uh, traveling or if you're just sitting outside in these, this beautiful weather and want to want to meditate or listen to something positive, we encourage you to download them and save them. Recovery Radio Houston podcast. You know, Tony, that is a, a great resource because I, I have a 26-mile commute every day, mm-hmm. and I listen to the Bible on books on tape, but I also listen to podcasts. And, yeah. and the other place you can go is you can just go straight to the kkht.com website, and one of the benefits of going there is they're labeled who the guest is. And yeah, you have, to go, you have to go on the programs and then podcasts. Right, right. And then scroll down to find Recovery Radio Houston. And you'll see your picture. Well, that's 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 the only detriment to the whole process. <laughs> but how, how do they get your picture on the radio is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the miracles of modern communication. Well, Amen. Hey, you're back with us on Recovery Radio Houston. We're, we've had a little problem with the phone lines tonight. We're sorry about that, but we think we're going to get it fixed here in a minute. And there was a caller, Amanda, that we really wanted to try to help out and and um you know keep trying uh, keep trying and and i encourage you to look to the bible for answers because god will direct your direct your steps to the to the to the right answer because this bible has is a manual for how to live and it addresses all of our problems and we were talking earlier we're talking with with pastor don owens and we're fixing to get into all the wonderful things he does uh here in the local houston area for ministering to the people that are under the bondage of addiction and ministering to uh, people that are just out of prison and to felons that have difficulty because there there's a lot of difficulty in our society if you've got a felony conviction for, for people that want to that have changed their lives and but you know what the thing about it is is that I found whether it's addiction or whether it's de- dealing with difficult challenges if you just keep your eyes open God will put somebody in your path that yeah. can, that'll, that'll help you out He's amazing that way and He put a little nine year old girl in in your path and and. Uh, uh, and uh, what did that do for you? Well, it did. It, it really. It was one of the uh, proverbial straws in a camel's back that that just kind of broke me down. So right after my daughter left, I, I was sitting there contemplating, uh, blowing my brains out. I was sitting there in an empty trailer, uh, in a reclined chair with a broken collarbone, uh, with my pistol in my hand, and uh, the only thing was there was me, my dog, my tattoo equipment, and my sister. I used to sell. I used to sell drugs to her. And she'd get she'd come back and uh, she'd get a bag of weed once a month, and I wouldn't see her for a month. My my family never came and visited me because I was a black sheep. And according, it was justifiably so because of my addiction. They just kind of everybody kind of shunned me. They loved me, but they loved me from a distance. But anyway, my sister came over. 
and she come over three weeks early because I sold her a sack <laughs> like a week ago, and she says she said something just told me just to come over here, and well, she knocked on the door and and she came in, and I'm sitting there in the recliner with a with a gun in my hand, so I just I took the bullets out of the clip, I took the clip out and took the bullet out of the chamber, and gave it to her, and asked her to leave, and uh, that's when I got down on my knees and I asked God if He was real, that I asked Him to change me because I was something was going to change in my life, either I was going to change me. Or God was going to change me, but I wasn't. I wasn't going to live like that anymore. Well, really, you know, we can't do it, but God can. I couldn't, you know. And let me tell you something. I had tried. I tried before. I tried to go to church. I tried to do the right thing. I tried to go to church and be a good boy. But I was trying to earn my own strength. And listen, anytime you try to be your own savior, you'll never win. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens Absolutely. us. But we can do nothing without Him. There's a saying in recovery that. Uh, w- without God, I can't, and without me, God won't. So That's it's right. it's got to be a partnership. Absolutely. It's got to be a partnership. So then you then you had a unique uh, you had a unique experience that really immersed you in the world. Yes. Or what happened? Well, uh, right after that, I, I ran into a, a guy, or right before that, I ran into a guy that I met in jail. That he was talking. He kind of sowed some seeds, and he told me there was a church that would love me just for who I was. Of course, I had long hair, I had two earrings in two ears, you know, tattoos all over the place. Uh, just and he said, listen, there's a church out there that's going to love you just like you are. They're not going to try to change you. They're just going to love you. And that really, really kind of stuck out to me. So anyway, so after this whole episode. You know, let me interrupt you there for a second because we've got a church. You've got a church in San Leon. We've got a church just like that. That, that loves just, just like that. Just like and, and I want people to know that, that we've got a church plant that we just started. It's called New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. It's at 240 West 18th Street. And, uh, you know, we're going to love you no matter how you are. Exactly. We've been, because of the building and because of some other situations, we've been online. You can find us on our Facebook page at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We'll be there again tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We're not going to be back in our building until July 12th. But we have services at 6 o'clock, and we invite everybody. We invite mature Christians because I, I feel like, you know, God's going to use all everything that's going on right now, the COVID thing and the and the marching in the streets. But people are going to be looking for something that's looking real, for and looking for answers, yeah, and looking for something that can guide their lives through all this confusion. And I feel like there's going to be a, a great awakening and people looking hungry. So we need people that are mature Christians to, to welcome them and to love them. And we, we welcome people that are in recovery, no matter what stage you're in no matter where you're at because god has a purpose in your life if you'll just let him so again that's new covenant church greater heights we'll be back in the building july 12th that's a sunday evening at 6 p.m and you know the tagline for our church is recovery church because everybody's you know i read something that this bible is a book about recovery i read that on christian basic instructions before leaving earth there you go and uh and it's it's a manual for life, and it's an open book test if we just open it. Absolutely. So you got a chance to open it, and what happened? Well, actually, I, I did. I opened it. I devoured it. But uh, it's funny. I want to tell you the experience about when I really came. Why I went to the cross? Uh, I, I went to this church right after right after all this episode happened. I ran I ran into a, a guy that was in jail with me, and he told me about that church. Well, anyway, he ended up being a pastor of the church in Davenport. I, I went to that church and I sat down and during the service I started crying and everything. And let me tell you something, there's times when God draws a line in the sand. Sure. He said, this far, no more. You know, and, and that, that was the day that God drew the line in the sand. It was February 12th, 2005. It was on a Friday. It was 7 Hallelujah. p.m. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, I'm sitting in there and all of a sudden I start crying and of course I'm a man. I don't like anybody seeing me cry so I get up and I walk out. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm walking back to the house. 
That's it. I'm not. I'm giving up. I'm just. I'm just. Your pride I'm is broke. getting pride. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I come around the back of the church and looking right across. If you come out the back of the church, there's a set of railroad tracks and there's a, there's a uh, two lane highway that goes right next to it, and there's two squad cars sitting there with their lights going on. I ain't got nobody pulled over. They're just sitting there, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, "Don, he said if you go now, that's the rest of your life. That's where you're going to be." That's where you're going to be. Wow. And I made a beeline back into the church. I went down to the altar, gave my life to Christ. Amen. And I haven't been the same. And then I got into the Word of God. I actually had a friend of mine. His daughter went into drug rehab. And he said, listen, I need somebody to, I need somebody to watch my daughter's house. She's in drug rehab. She's in there for, for 90 days. He said, I need somebody. He said, I'll pay your rent. I'll pay your electric. I'll pay your cable. I even bring you groceries. That's God. I even bring you groceries and cigarettes. That was my dry out time. Yeah. So I said, cool. We did it. So I went to a place called Heart Lake in Florida, and I stayed in this little cottage, and uh, and I just devoured the Word of God. I mean, I get up in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I watch, I think it was Shepherd's Chapel or something like that, and uh, I get up and, and do that, and then, up, and then get up go walk my dog, and then at lunchtime, I get back in the Word. Well, I just devoured I devoured the Bible in like three months, and it just it just it just changed my life. So uh, so probably about about three three weeks to about a month after I got saved, I I ran into uh, that preacher again. He took me down to a place in Lakeland called to a ministry out there called King of Glory Ministries, and they was uh, street preaching. Yeah. So uh, God said, uh, they said, look, I need somebody to pour Kool Aid. I said, sure, I'll pour Kool Aid. So I started pouring, pouring Kool Aid. That was my first service to the Lord, and listen. They first thing they did is well now I want you to give, give your testimony. Well, I get up. My, my name's Don. I was a drug addict. I got saved two months ago. I was on meth, and now I'm clean. You know that's when life begins to change. You know we're supposed to. The Bible tells us to follow Christ. Absolutely. And and Christ was a servant. Absolutely. He had the heart of a servant. Yeah. He, he put aside his. I mean, can you imagine the the Creator of the universe putting aside all his pride, all and and, and coming down and, and uh, becoming fully man mm-hmm. and and living life on, on earth and serving, washing the disciples' wash feet. feet. Wash yeah, feet. and 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 healing and and just serving mm-hmm. and do. Yeah. So it, that that's when we turn the corner in recovery. Right. Is is anybody that's out there? You know, if you're struggling in recovery, you're worried about relapses, COVID's been difficult for you, get out and start serving people, and that, that will change that your is, life. That is one of the keys that I found. Now, I've been I've been saved for 15 years now, and just being faithful to poor Kool-Aid. Every, every time they did it twice a month, and I was there faithfully because I knew God was calling me. Because the, the guy told me, he says, God's calling you. He's calling you to ministry. And I remember back when I was 15 years or 16, 17 years old. When that guy put that in, Yeah. You're going to preach the gospel. But I didn't see myself. In the, and this other guy said, well, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be a, you're an evangelist. You're going to be a teacher. I was like, well, I'm just happy to be saved, man. You know, I had long hair, pouring Kool-Aid. And, uh, so, Tony, how do you feel about, uh, what do you think about serving people in terms of You know, of, it's funny recovery. you say that because yeah. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I don't know whether I should say, whether I should say this or not, but. I watch Fox News, like, religiously, you know. If I'm not doing anything, I'm watching Fox News. And uh, I'm sitting there watching this Chaz drama. Yeah. And I'm like, that'd be an awesome place to go minister. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I could do it tomorrow if I really wanted to. But I don't know. That I think I wouldn't want to go by myself. In fact, I was joking with Pastor Kyle today at the men's you, breakfast. You two would be good at that. And mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, hey, man. Let's He's do, a big guy, too. Let's have a, let's have a mission trip to Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, 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 but with all seriousness, when, when you begin serving, Tony, I no, know. I was serious, though. You know, I, was, I, I, I was serious. I, I know, but but you're you're active. And, I mean, you know, we've got our ministry that meets on Friday nights, and we're starting back up on June 26th. 
uh, 901 Wilson Road, uh, Covenant Recovery Ministries. Uh, we're changing the name from Break Every Chain for various reasons, but we've been we've been doing that for five years, and that is, you know, the the, the funny thing about it is, is that people will say, I don't have time for all that. But when we're in our addiction, how much time oh, yeah. do we spend chasing oh, after yeah. drugs? I had a lot of time to track down uh, a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, and then to <laughs> the willingness. Yeah, and you know, then it consumes you. It does. It, it consumes yeah. you. Consumes you wake every- up in the morning thinking about where you, how you're going to get high, how you're going to get more, and how you're going to keep yours. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you know you, when you're in that when the enemy's got you in that bondage. You know, you, you can't even imagine a different kind of life right. and what a blessing it is. If you're out there and you hear my voice and you just, you're down and you're despondent and you don't know when you're going to get your next six, I'm telling you, there is a better way to live Amen. and Christ Jesus will point you the way. So, so how long have you been ordained? I've been, I actually got ordained through the French church in 2011 and, but I was an associate pastor at a Bayshore French church for 10 years, worked with the youth. Uh, I was actually ordained two different times through the friends, and then I was ordained through the through the Baptist uh, in 2018. So I've got, I've got two ordinations. But uh, but here's the thing, uh, you know, God, everything, everything, everything in your life, everything that you walk through in life is in preparation to His story in you. Yeah. You know, every every, every brokenness. It, I, I, you know, as much as I hate to say it, but every even the dark places in my life, I wouldn't give them up. No, he, because he's if, preparing you. If it wasn't for the dark places in my life, it would not bring me to where I'm at in Christ. Amen. I would be lost. Yeah. I would be lost. And uh, and I thank God for all that darkness. You know, that reminds me, and, and yesterday, uh, I'm glad you said that, because yesterday was a birthday of somebody very special to me. And that is my wife, Rebecca. Amen. And it was her birthday. And she once said to me, and, you know, this is really one of the, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little prideful here. It's one That's of the right. proudest moments of my life. She said to me, I'm grateful for your addictions. And I said, what? Are you, and she said, well, if it weren't for those, if you hadn't walked that walk, you wouldn't be where you are today. Absolutely. And that's what you just said, brother. Absolutely. You just said, and he's, he's preparing us and so, so that we, we can talk to people who, we've been there, man. Right. We've been there. So so I, I, want to, I really want to talk about the glory of God now for a minute. Now, sure. You know, we talk about all my addictions and everything. I had a marriage. I, had a, I got a wonderful daughter out of Cassandra. She's, she's 20-something years now. She's fixing to go to the Air Force. Uh, I, got a, I had a divorce, bitter divorce. Uh, uh, but listen, God has restored that. You know, I've always, wanted, I've always wanted kids. Yeah. My daughter doesn't want kids. So I'm, I'm married to a beautiful woman now. Her name's Char. And uh, she's got three great kids. And I, I, I now have six grandkids. Praise you the know, Lord. You know, God says he restored the years the canker worm was eaten. Listen, he said he'd give you the desires of your heart. Everything that I wanted as a child that I was really striving for, and this is what people need to hear. Everything that I thought I was hunting for out there in the street in the middle of my addiction, I found in Christ. I oh, wanted love. Hallelujah. I wanted love. I wanted respect. I wanted honor. All right, and that's everything I was striving for out there. Well, the same was, way that we have uh, a bunch of gifts that God blesses us with that we use for the wrong reasons in our addiction, but they're really strengths and uh, skills for our ministry. We, 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 turn around, we got a call. We got a call on line one. We got Mandy. Uh, Mandy, how are you this evening? I'm doing okay. So you and have, Pastor Don knows me very well. Okay. Um, I'm calling right now because I struggle with alcohol, and I don't, I don't know how to 
can't go on. I don't know how to Missouri to leave Missouri and leave one child behind and my grandson and to go back to where I know that God's got a home for us. Well, Mandy, um, you um, you just need to trust in the Lord, and you need to you need to. Are, are you saying you're struggling with alcohol yourself? Yeah, I've been for since 2004. Since 2004, well, you know, you can't do it on your own. You got to do it um, through God. There's there's various ways. I don't know if you have insurance. There's there's you've got to go a place where you can get alone with you and God and, and get get sober. You know, alcohol. Uh, my mother was an alcoholic, and she went through the DTs the first time she quit, and that's very powerful. It's very it's very dangerous. And so you've got to go into a place where you can detox. If you don't have insurance, and then really it's my preference, there's, there's there are faith-based places around that you can go for free. And uh, the, all they require is, is, a, is a desire to change your life. And uh, there's... But that's hard as a single parent. Yeah. Well, do you have family members that can... That can... No. I have no family. I've, all I have is my friends and my church in Texas. And I've got nothing else. And where are you right now? Missouri. In Missouri? I, I, I tell you Missouri what. Missouri City or Missouri to State? I'm in Marshall, Missouri. And oh, there's wow. nothing out here. The churches are dry. Quickish. They're self-centered. For four years, I've been trying to get integrated in churches, and we can't. I tell you what. Do you have Facebook? Yep. Okay, I want you to go to Recovery Radio Houston Facebook page. Send me a message on there, and I'm going to call you, and we're going to find you some hope because there's always an answer through Christ Jesus. Absolutely, there, there's always a there's always a way, and we just got to. I can't answer it immediately on on air, but if you send me a message, we're going to find you some help, whether it's here, or whether it's in Missouri, or wherever it is. I understand your predicament with the, as a single parent, but there is an answer, there is a solution, and. and you just need to turn your life over to God, and but you've got to get you've got to get sober, and you've got to detox first. Hey, Mandy, let's, Mandy, remember, I, I want to commend you for making the effort to call. Yes, uh, it's the willingness that you need is the first ingredient, and it's it's great that you called us, and it's going to be great that you're going to call any kind of resource that we make available to you. But remember that there's one that's open twenty four seven, and He delivers all the time. That name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And you need to continuously call out to Him. When even when no one else is there to listen for you, he's always there. Do you understand that, Mandy? And he he'll, that, he'll guide you through. On with my pastor and for me to call in Can and I? openly on air ask for help. Yes, and that and that's awesome. That, that, yeah, that it is. really is great. That that is huge. And and again, go to Recovery Radio Houston Facebook page. And send me a message, and we're going to work through this. We're going to find you some help. But first, let's let's pray for you on air. Yes. Uh, Father God, we lift up Mandy, and you know where she's at. You know where she's struggling with. You know where she's been. You know what the answers are. You've already opened the doors ahead of us. You've you've ordered her steps and, and her path, Father God. You've got an answer out there for us, and yes. we just have to be open our eyes to look for it, Father God. We are, we are so pleased that she is she has opened up on air here and she's reaching out to you father god this is a cry for help and your promises are yes and amen Amen. and we are we are just so thankful for her we we just ask that 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 you guide us 
we don't have all the answers, but you do. We, we ask that you guide us and you get the right solution. And, you know, you've got a mighty purpose in her life. And put that in her heart, that there is change on the horizon and that you've got a purpose for her. She's going to have a wonderful testimony. She's going to help people that are yeah. just in her same situation. And, and we're going to rise above this through Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If, join hey, me in the prayer. Hey, Mandy, I'd like to, I want to encourage you. I know a lot of people that have come through the same situation you're in right now. And listen, you are taking a very brave step right now, putting yes. your stuff out there on the air. But listen, I'm going to tell you what I did. The Bible says that uh, you should know the truth and the truth should set you free. Yes, it does. And those that the sun sets free is free indeed. And Amen. the Bible also says that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I would encourage you. This is how I did. I didn't, I didn't have the resources of a rehab center. Uh, what I did is I got into the Word of God, and I got into the presence of God. Yeah. And in the presence of God, he'll break every chain. He'll break every yoke of addiction off of you. It's when you're seeking him. And listen, if you got to do it through rehab, do it through rehab. But do not forget the most important part. The most important part is bringing God into your situation right. through prayer, earnestly seeking him out. Listen, you got to be honest with God. If you're having a jacked-up day, you got to be able to say, God, I'm having a jacked-up day. I want to choke somebody out. I want to take a drink. God's okay with that. He can start your day over for you right Absolutely. then. Absolutely. Listen, there's yeah. hope. There's hope. There's hope. And listen, there's victory in Christ. That's and right. listen, I also want to tell you this, uh, Amanda, this is not the end of your story. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says yeah. that he says, I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, to, to prosper you for peace and to give you hope and a purpose. God has a purpose for you. He's got a calling on your life. He's got great things in store for you. This is just one page in the chapter of your recovery. And this is the first step to an end of a great victory. This is the first page. This Absolutely. Is the first page. This is the there's first no, page. It's no, no accident that he had you call him Absolutely. Tonight. And I want, right. to pray one, I want to pray one other prayer for you real quick, Let's Mary. Father, we just ask right now, Lord, that you reach down there and you break the chains of addiction off of her right now. Father, we bind the, the works of the enemy. We bind the, the assignments of the enemy. Father, we speak sobriety over her. Father, we ask that you open up her mind and her heart, remove the veil that the enemy's placed over her eyes, and set her free, Father. Your word says that where two more agree is touching anything will be established. And, Father, we stand in agreement right now that Mandy will be sober. She'll yes. walk into victory. She'll drop them chains of addiction. Yes, and, Lord, yes. and she'll have a ministry that glorifies you. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We praise you because your word says if we pray believing, Lord, it shall be done. Father, we just thank you ahead of time in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Don. Amen. Great Amen. Prayer. We yeah. love you, Mandy. Mandy, and but remember this: we love you, but He loves you more than That's you right. possibly could even ever imagine. He's got great plans for you. Absolutely, you just you just stay focused on that and send us a message, and we're going to find you some help. Um, but he he can deliver you on the spot. Only thing that concerns me a little bit is if you've been drinking heavy since two thousand four, you need to medically get through that first uh, detox yeah. phase. Um, but send send us a message, and we'll work on this. And and uh, uh, we we thank you for calling in tonight, and we look forward to. to Sending you to Jesus, who's gonna who's gonna change your life? Amen. Have a good night, Mandy. Take care. Love you. All right. All right. Well, I want to talk about a couple more things. We only have about a minute and a half left. Okay. What is cool? Cool is Christ over our lives. It's actually a ministry started by a guy, Pastor Boyd, that came out of prison. Uh, it's facilitated in our church by another pastor called Rick Harper. He facilitates the cool meetings down there on that end. Great when do you ma- meet? 
a great man of God. Cool means Christ over our life. When do you meet? We meet every Monday at 7 o'clock at San Leon Community Church in San Leon, Texas. Uh, so if you're down that way, come on and come on. So here we go. Out. If you're out there, we've got two resources right now. you got Cool down that south, right? Yep. San, San Leon. Yeah, it's right on south, Monday south night, of Kima. South, south of Kima. Kima. And Kima you've, got, uh, you've got it at New Covenant Church in Humble on Friday nights at 7 yep. p.m. Uh, you got Covenant Recovery Ministries. So that's a good place to start. Get, get around ch- church and church people and, and uh, get around recovery and, and Christ-centered recovery, Bible-based recovery. Because as, as Pastor just said, the, the sun sets free. It's the it's free, free, yeah, it's a, and you know, because people get sober out there, but yeah. do they really have the peace that surpasses all understanding without Absolutely. Christ? I don't think they do. Yeah, people ask me all the time if I'm recovered. I said, no, I'm not recovered. <laughs> I'm, I'm recovered. delivered. And delivered, yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. Right. Well, that's Jesus' signature <laughs> ministry is deliverance. You Absolutely. know, Jesus doesn't mess around. That's when right. you give your life to Christ, He yeah. doesn't mess around. Yeah. Listen, folks, I want to also invite you out July 12th to New Covenant Church Greater Heights. Uh, recovery church uh, where we're recovered and where we're delivered and and where he's going to continue to set people free. It's at 240 West 18th Street in the Heights. We'll be there July 12th at 6 p.m. Join us. Come worship with us. You know, we were made to worship the Lord. It changes our brains and it makes everything better. In Jesus' name. Join us next Saturday night. We're going to have a meeting on air, aren't we, Tony? A meeting on air next week. We're going to talk about some principles, some uh, directions in recovery, and we hope you're there. Recovery Radio Houston. See you next week.